Last week, you know, we were talking about the bigness of God, big, the big picture, our church getting a new building and uh, building a, a youth center, building a college in uh, the Congo, and a lot of big things. But I know this. Is everybody ready for this statement? You have to hear from God to see the bigness because God will speak to you bigger than what you can think or imagine. I'm going to say it again. God will speak to you something bigger than you can think or imagine. So if you're thinking small, if you're, you, you're not hearing from God. Ah, Maybe that was a little rough, but that, that's true. Why? Because God doesn't think small. You know, we think of planets. God thinks of billions of galaxies. Billions with a B. You know, we think of our little bitty universe. That is so small. God thinks, you know, you think water, you know, a bottle of water. God thinks the oceans. God is always beyond our comprehension when it comes to bigness. So what's the key? Hearing from God. You need to hear from God. And the good news is, all of us can. All of us should be hearing from God. Why? Because there is grace to hear from God. Everybody can hear from God. And everybody should be hearing from God. This is the number one thing that you need to start, though. You need to have a desire to hear from God. Some people just go, well, that's your, your job, Pastor. You hear from God. No. It's all of our job to hear from God. And you need to have a desire to hear from Him. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going to start really having a desire. Lord, I desire to hear. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. And then, you know, you think, well, how do I hear from God? You know, do I just get real quiet and wait for this? Mike. <laughs> Is that you, Lord? No. God speaks to us in our inner spirit. You can. I've heard of people, you know, audibly hearing from God. But let's just be real. The norm is that inside you hear from God, not outside. Not outside. So you need to have a desire. And people have problems, and so we need to hear from God to work and navigate through problems. I read an article. It said sources say, but it didn't list the sources, so you don't really have a clue. It says sources say that uh, everybody just about has the same amount of problems. And I thought, yeah, that could be true, probably true. But then I thought, well, I think people who are negative, who think negative, and who have a terrible mentality and attitude, they probably have more problems. It's just a thought. And I can say, sources say, I was listening to a, a YouTube thing of Lou Holtz. If you don't know who Lou Holtz, Holtz is, he's famous for being the, the Notre Dame coach for years and years and won many, many, many championships, uh, football college championships through Notre Dame. 
So he was given the, the, the speech to, uh, for the uh, graduation class. And he said this. I thought this is so hilarious. He said uh, that uh, 90% of people who uh, you tell them your problems, they really don't care. You know, don't, doesn't your flesh want to share its problems? You will not believe what happened to me today. And, you know, and so, of course, the, you know, the husband or the wife goes, no, dear, what? <laughs> he said 90% of the people don't care to hear your problems. And the other 10% are glad that you have them. <laughs> And I thought, that is, that is probably true. <laughs> 90% don't care, 10% are glad, so what's the moral of that story? Don't go around just telling everybody your problems. So don't go and tell people, because, you know, everybody's got problems. So, anyway. <sighs> Jeremiah 10.23. This is the Amplified Version. It says, O Lord. He pleads with Jeremiah in the name of the people. I know that the determination of the way of a man is not in himself. That just kind of jumps out of that scripture. The way of a man is not in himself. It is not in man, even a strong man or in a man at his best, to direct his own steps. Listen to the message translation. I know, God, that we're just mere mortals. You can't run, who can't run their own lives, that men and women don't have what it takes to take charge of life. Now, having said that, that's in Jeremiah. In the New Covenant, we are not just mere mortals. I'm just not a human. No, I'm not. God is inside this vessel. God is inside your vessel. God, your body, the Bible says, is the tabernacle of God. I don't care if you were just born again two seconds ago. All of a sudden, God comes inside of you, and your body becomes the temple of God. So you're not mere mortals. But the point of this scripture in the Old Covenant is that we need to hear from God because we are just not intelligent enough to make every decision. You're not. Most, especially Americans, you know, we, Americans can be arrogant that, you know, we don't need anybody. We don't even need God. Well, I'm telling you what you do. We need God, no matter how smart or educated we can get. Uh, Proverbs 3, 6 says, listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. He is the one who will keep you on track. You need to hear from God. Everybody, not just the pastor, because you're going to need to make choices and decisions. You'll need to have a, a decision to make about buying a house, maybe changing your 401K. You say, well, what does that got to do about hearing God? God wants you to prosper and be in health, and he'll tell you, you really need to get rid of that stock. You should go buy this stock. How many would like to have bought Apple stock when it first started? Probably 25 cents. I don't know how much it was when it first started, but it's not 
$115 a share. We didn't open up that way. Would that be pretty cool if the Lord just said, you know what, go buy $10,000 worth of Apple stock, 25 cents a share. You, you'd be sitting pretty good right now. Can God do that? Not only can, he desires for you to know things like that. He does. He desires for you to, I think God knew that Apple stock was going to be a pretty good share. How many think that? Microsoft would have been good, you know, when they started in their garage to, to be part of that startup. That would have been pretty neat. God knew that. John 10, 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice. Now, who are the sheep? You and me. If you're born again, if you believe in Jesus, you are a sheep. This scripture says the sheep recognize God's voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You know, he, you know he's not like, you know, a Kentuckian says, y'all come. No, he calls you specifically by name. Specifically, he will mention you by name. Mike, Tony, come, come. Do this. I want you to show you this. Specifically, verse 4, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. He walks ahead of them. And they follow him because, why? Because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will, they will run from him because they don't know his voice. But they follow God because they know his voice it doesn't say they can hear his voice or they should hear his voice it says they do they do hear his voice so all of us today need to get this mentality that i hear the voice of god i hear god i hear god i don't care if you're a Baby, just born again Christian, you hear God because you become a sheep right then. God said, my sheep hear my voice. So you need to start not only desiring to hear God, you need to start changing your thinking and say, I do hear from God. He's my father. I'm his child. I hear from him. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Start acknowledging God in little things. So many times God speaks to us inwardly. It's like an intuition, an intuition. It's not just an intuition, it's God. You know, little things. I, at least once a week, some, some weeks or more, I get in my truck, and I'm getting ready to come to the office, and I go, I forgot my wallet. And as soon as I know that, I always do this. I say, God, thank you for reminding me that. Thank you. What am I doing? I'm doing Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm acknowledging him. I'm acknowledging him. If I uh, forget my watch, you know, I, I, I say this. I, I feel naked without my watch. I mean, just naked. If I don't have it on, it's like... I feel naked. So I, I, it's an Apple Watch, so I have to charge it every night. So it's on the charger. 
So there's been at least once a week, you know, I'm going to the truck. Your watch. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Father, for reminding me. Thank you. Can't find your keys. And you find them. Thank you. Thank you for finding. And little things start acknowledging God. You know, somebody pulls in front of you, you lock them up and before you hit the car, and you go, thank you for protecting me, God. Or you hit the car and you say, thank you that I didn't get killed. <laughs> Find something to thank God for and acknowledge that he's the one who's in control of this situation and that he's looking after you. God is looking after me. John 16, 12 says this, I have still many things to say to you, but you are not able to bear them or take them upon you or to grasp them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. He will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth, for he will not speak of his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that he's been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come. That will happen in the future. God wants to even show you things in your future. So I say this probably more than anything that I confess. The Holy Ghost leads me and guides me in all truth and shows me things to come. It just rolls off my tongue all the time. Holy Ghost leads me and guides me in all truth and shows me things to come. What am I doing? I'm acknowledging God that he's leading me. I'm being led by God even when I don't know it. I'm being led by God. I'm making decisions even though I don't know it. They're godly decisions. Why? Because I believe the Holy Ghost is in me and he's doing this. So I'm acknowledging that. And then he even shows me things in the future. Shows me, this is why you need to make this decision. Young people, you need to hear from God. You don't want to marry somebody that uh, is a bad choice. You know? I mean, you just don't want to marry a, a person that they're good, that can even be a Christian, but God knows if you're going to jail with them or if it's going to be hell on earth. God doesn't want you to be unhappy in who you marry. All you single people are being really holy out there today, I'm telling you. God wants to, to help you in every decision. I don't hear, odd, you know, like, oh, that's God. I need to do this, you know. I don't hear, wear the blue shirt, not the black one. You know, God, if you ask God which shirt should I wear, first of all, that would be flaky. And I know people do that, and somebody says, oh, yeah, the Lord told me, to, you know. Yeah. Whatever. But anyway. Okay, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, you know, I made this uh, illustration how there's radio waves, TV signals, all kinds of Bluetooth stuff going. It's, this room is just filled with stuff. Everybody does understand that. And I was laying in bed one day this week, and the Lord said that's not all, all that's in the airwaves. He said, my word is in the airwaves. He said, my word. I go, I never thought of that. He said, 
You know, if, you're, if I plug this in and get, I could tune in to a station that plays music, you know, and you, it, maybe if you hear the static, you know, and you, you, you tune it in. You like that? Anyway, uh, so you, you tune it in, and all of a sudden the airway that's just floating in comes through here now. So the Lord says, you know, Mike, I said, Lord, you know, just floating out there, the radio signal doesn't do me any good until I tune in. Then I can grab a hold of it. The Lord said, it's the same way with my word, my, my words that are just out there. He says, you, I said, well, Lord, how do I tune in? He says, you meditate and think about a certain scripture. For example, if you're fighting off the flu, if you're having trouble with some kind of soreness in your body, you say, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. First Peter 2.24 says, by stripes we were healed. Isaiah 53 says, himself took my infirmities. He bore them on the cross. Galatians 3.13 says that he was cursed for me. You don't have to, you know, I'm spitting out a lot, but you can just take one if you want and meditate on it, meditate upon it. What are you doing? You're tuning in. And then all of a sudden, it becomes real to you. What happens? It's not just out there. It gets put in here. And when it gets put in here, then it starts manifesting. It starts manifesting. It's not just God doesn't want his word just to be words on a paper in a book called the Bible. He wants the words to be in your heart so it can be manifested on the outside. That's healing. That's uh, prosperity. My God meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory. He became poor so that I can be made rich. It's your self-esteem. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. You meditate upon that, meditate upon that. Man, you, somebody can make you feel like, oh. I mean, we've all been around somebody that just made us feel like you're stupid or you're dumb or you're ugly or you're, did your mother dress you this morning or, you know. Did you comb your hair with an egg beater this morning? <laughs> you young people don't even know what that is. You know, you, <laughs> yeah, it's an egg beater. But anyway, <laughs> people say things that are cruel. People say things that are not nice. So what are you going to combat that with? I'm just going to accept it and feel depressed. Most people do. A lot of people do. But God says, through the airways, it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says, you are the accepted and the beloved. God says, I'm accepting you. Lord, they're not accepting me at school. They're not accepting me. My own family doesn't accept me. I'm the black sheep. God said, you know, what do you do? Go on Oprah Winfrey and tell everybody how terrible it is? That's what most people do, and then everybody feels sorry for them, and they leave the show more depressed. (laughs) No, man, you don't go do that. You just say, 
Woo, I'm accepted by God. Who cares who else? I'm accepted by him. Who cares who doesn't accept me? The whole world could be against me, but God says, I'm for you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you or forsake you, Mike. That's floating in the airwaves. Oh, I just can't do anything right. I just can't do anything right. Man, you tune in to God, and he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm just weak in this. Let the weak say they are strong. You get a hold of the scripture and turn It's out here. And God says, man, I want it in here. I'm sending it all. It's in this earth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word is on this planet, never will leave. The word is here. The word is, this whole earth is filled with the word of God. And God says it's supposed to be in here. Now listen to me. Let me just back up. The word is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the word. So I don't want you to think you don't have the word. But my point is for it to be manifested and become a reality to you, you have to hear God. Does that make sense? So yeah, I, I, maybe that was a poor illustration. Because the word is in you. Because Jesus is in you, and John chapter 1 says the word is God. So the word is in you. It is. But it's not real to you until you have a revelation or to the light dawns, to a light bulb. Now, does that make more sense? Maybe I just really muddied the water if I did. The Lord will clear it out. But I'm telling you, all God is speaking his word constantly. You're forgiven. I'm forgiven. That's constant in the airways. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forg- Even before you sin, God has sinned. You're forgiven. Every single sin has been forgiven. So, meditate. Proverbs 4.20 My son, attend to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart for they are life to those that find them, healing and health to all their flesh. So if you know that God is speaking 24-7, out here he, just the word is being spoken to you. The thing is about the word, we try to always make the most logical decision. And I don't know about you, But just because it's logical doesn't mean it's the best decision. But through our brain, we make these calculations. I should do this, you know, because this is a smart thing to do. But then down in here, it feels like, no, this is what I want you to do. When I was in Louisville, Kentucky, and the Lord started speaking to me about going to Ramah, to a Bible college, I was so ate up with FedEx, I was gung-ho. I was not your typical employee. I bled orange and blue. And I'm telling you, I was so I was going up the corporate ladder. I was a supervisor in charge of all the aircraft operation in Louisville, Kentucky, making real good money and had a great future. And so uh, my... First wife was killed in a car accident, and Danielle, she was almost three years old. And the Lord started dealing with me about going to Bible college. And I can show you, when you get off, I I was on my way home from work. 
I got off I-65 South getting ready to get on Jefferson Freeway, the ramp. And that's the ramp that God spoke to my heart and said, you're to go to Ramah. You and your daughter are to go to Ramah. So I told my mama, who said, you're going to do what? She was babysitting, taking care of Danielle. And she says, now, Mike, let's just look at this logically. Who's going to take care of Danielle? I don't know. You don't have anybody lined up to take care of her? No. Where are you going to live? Don't know. You're going to move to a city where you don't know where you're going to live? Nope, but they have hotels. You're going to live in one? No, but I mean, I can stay in one until I find a place. And then I had to tell her the other rough part, that FedEx had a hiring freeze. So I had no job. So my boss, I was going to quit. They said, no, just take a leave of absence. I'll put you down as a leave of absence. You can, you know, there's a hiring freeze, and then when, maybe sometime in the near future, you know, you can, you can get that. So then I told my mom, uh, she said, so are you just going to work at FedEx, you know, in Tulsa? I go, well, um, no, there's a hiring freeze. She says, let me get this straight. You're not going to have a job. You're not going to have a place to live, and you're not going to have anybody to watch Danielle, who's three years old, and you're going to go. I said, yeah. I said, God told me to. And when I said God told me, I said, I really believe this is what God wants me. She says, you sure that it was God? And I go, yeah. This is what I'm trying to tell you. If you base all of your decisions on just being logical, being common sense thing to do, if every decision is made that, you will miss God. So I packed up my car full of Danielle's stuff and my stuff, and me and this three-year-old went to Tulsa. Man, I am praying the whole way. It's a 12-hour drive, so I have plenty of time. You know, told all my friends, my relatives, my brothers and my sisters who were back east, I'm going to Tulsa. Oh, well, man. Don't have a job, don't have a place to live, don't know who's going to watch my daughter. And some people just said, you know, that's real stupid. That's not a very good father. What kind of father doesn't have, you're not taking care of your daughter. Man, it was hurtful, some of the things that people, but I just thought, Lord, you told me. I know that I heard from you. So I get to Tulsa. I go to the bulletin board of Rama. There's a name on there that said a room and board. So I called the guy, and he's, I, he said, oh, yeah, come. I said, well, there's one catch. I got a three-year-old. <laughs> he says, oh, that's all right. Bring her on. He said, uh, I've got a 16-year-old who we homeschool, and, and uh, she can watch, watch your daughter while you're at school and at work. You have, uh, we'll babysit for you. Within just a few hours, I had a place to live, and I had somebody to babysit my daughter. So the next day, my boss told me to just to go to FedEx and, you know, tell them you're there to let them know. So I went the next day, went in the morning, I was at the front counter. I said, I just want to let, you know, I said, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, uh, my name's Mike Davis, and, uh, and I heard back in the office, the guy said, tell him to come back here. 
And she says, yeah, he'll come and see. You just come back here, and he, he wants to see you. So I sit down with the, with the manager. His name was Jack, and he said, uh, your manager called me the other day and said you'd be coming. He told me about your resume and everything you did. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, there's a hiring freeze. But he says, I know some people. So he says, can you start next week? I said, I think I can. So that was like the end of that week. So I started the following week. So within 24 hours, 24 hours, I had a place to live, somebody watch my daughter, and a job, and everything was taken care of. You couldn't plan that. You couldn't make that kind of decision. What was that? Hearing God. I'm telling you, when that is most crazy, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't make that decision. I would not be here preaching today if I didn't make that decision. The Lord spoke to us, you know, after a few years to, uh, to go to Africa. It wasn't a very logical time. They were having civil war. 11 and 12-year-olds with AK-47s walking around. 11-year-old and AK-47 should never be in the same sentence. <laughs> they had piage, which meant that the, the army wasn't getting paid, so they were going from house to house and, and taking their pay from people. Cleaning out stuff. I mean, they would just take everything out of the house. And, and so, you know, we already said we're going to go. And so uh, at that time, you know, it, it broke out right, I think it was about a week before we were supposed to leave or something like that. Real soon. And so dad finally, you know, it was hard for them to communicate. He got word back to America and said, I just want you to know what's going on here. You know, you, if you want to reconsider or, or whatever, you know. And Melody called me and says, well, what do you think? I said, the Lord told us to go at this time. So evidently, he knew about this. I don't think he went, oh, my goodness, I didn't know. I am so sorry. I just said, the Lord told us this date. We prayed about it. So we're going to go. So we went. Everything was fine. Everything was great. Boom, boom, boom. Everything worked out just like it was, just like God knew it would. My point is this. You can't base every decision just on common sense and upon what everybody thinks you should be doing. Now, are you supposed to give, you know, advice? Yeah, you know, young people don't just say, you know, the pastor said. I don't really have to listen to you. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. If you're under age I don't know what. I was going to say 18, but some of you even 25, you know. They say your synapses don't all connect to you about 26. So anyway, and that's even debatable at that young of an age. But anyway, my point is this, is that if you're, you, you do, I'm not saying you don't do, you don't just do things that are stupid. But my point is this, if you really feel like on the inside, that you're supposed to do something that everybody else says, I don't know if that's smart. I quit my job and went to Africa. And a lot of people think, you know, that was really stupid. I would, I would be miserable if I was working at FedEx today. I can tell you right now, I would hate it. I would hate it. Why? Because it just wasn't in me anymore. 
My point is this. You don't just make all of your life decisions. That's why God is speaking to you. He knows what's best for you and me. He knows that you will be happy doing this. You will not be happy doing that. But this, you know, I mean, I talk to so many. I'm going to say something here. UPS drivers, when I was working at FedEx, they hated their job. And they worked there for 25, 35 years, and they hated every minute of it. And I would just tell them, I'd say, you know, that's just stupid. That's just stupid. But it paid so great. So you get paid 25 bucks an hour, and that's to, to live in misery. Yeah, that's, and where'd that get you? How's that working out for you? It's just stupid. God never intended man to be miserable until he retires. You know, you're just supposed to live hell on earth, do this job for, until you're 65, and then you can enjoy life. You know, if you live to be 85, 20 out of 85, I guess that's not too bad. Wrong. God wants you to be happy and live a successful, awesome life all the days of your life. Just because you can make 25 bucks an hour does not mean that's the best decision for you. Are you going to enjoy it? Are you going to enjoy it? You're going to be happy. No, but, you know, it'll pay the bills. Well, so does going to prison. You don't have to worry about bills in prison either. How's that, how's that going to work for you? You don't have to worry about where your next meal is going to come from. Just go to prison. They pay your utilities and everything in prison. People say, that's funny. And I go, that's not even worse than working for $25 an hour and hating every minute of your life. No difference between that and prison, if you ask me. Hallelujah. John 10, 10, he says, I come to give you life that will knock your socks off. That's Mike Davis' interpretation. The Amplified says, pressed down and running so over in an abundance. It's more than the life that you need. That's what kind of life God has for you and me. The problem is we need to hear from God because you'll make some bad decisions if you never, if you just make every decision based upon common sense. Well, you know, everybody says I should do that. Everybody told me not to go to Raymond. Don't quit your job. You've got a bright future. Very, I don't even know if there was one or, they made my brother-in-law and sister, they did. So two out of about 100 people that I knew the other 98 said, don't. This is go You're going to regret it. I would have regretted not making that decision. God is speaking to you, and he wants you to know that you can hear from him today. Number one, desire to hear from him. Number two, you do hear from him. My sheep know my voice. I don't care if you're a kid. I don't care if you're 90. You hear the voice of God. You do. So have a desire and know that you hear. And then once you hear, know that's what you're going to make your decision on. And start thanking him and acknowledging him for the, the small intuitions that, that you hear on the inside. Whether it's finding your keys, making the right decision as far as, you know, oh, man, I'm turned around here. I, am I supposed to go left or right? Man, I've done that. You'd be amazed how much that's helped you at FedEx before GPS, man. Lord, which way do I go here? 
I'm going to close, but I'll tell you a great story. Uh, there is a package it, when I delivered in Tulsa. You go way out. I, I drove one day 400 miles on a route. Yeah, 400 miles. And, I mean, I would go way past, I mean, Ponca City, Oklahoma, and all these rural routes. I mean, and their address was Rural Route 2, Box 36. You ever try to find Rural Route 2, Box 36? You go, Rural Route 2, Box 36. Where? And so this package just kept coming back because the other drivers, they couldn't find it. They couldn't find where this, where this guy lived. I mean, it's been a week. And I thought, man, this dude, I hope this was an important package because he ain't getting it. And we couldn't find a phone number for him, couldn't find anything. I'm telling you, this was God. I was driving through, and so it's been a week, and so I went through this little town. So I went to the high school. I just thought, I'm going to go check out the high school. So I drove to high school, went to the office, and I said, I'm looking for this guy. Is he got a kid, or do you know anything about it? He said, well, that's probably old uh, little Johnny's last name. That. Let me bring, call him in here. Called him in here. You know, it's country school, you know, uh, kindergarten through 12th grade, and they got 150 people. But anyway, they, they, they called little Johnny in here and said, yeah, that's my dad. I said, you make sure your daddy gets this package here. Sign, sign right here. I could not wait to get back to the FedEx office that day. It was a bunch of hours later. I drove back, and I go, I got rid of that package. <laughs> How did you do it? I went to the high school. <laughs> what? Went to the high school. His kid went to school there, and he says, yeah, that's my daddy. <laughs> Who's your daddy? My daddy's God. He knows all things. He can direct you in the smallest little thing like that to the biggest thing of who to marry, what job to take, or what direction to go. That's your God. Amen? Let's stand.